0: This is the inspired word of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Submission is a dirty word in our culture today. You can be almost anywhere and God's name may be publicly profaned and blasphemed and people don't bat an eye. But let the word submission be mentioned and watch the sparks fly. May I suggest at least two reasons why the concept of submission is so much hated? The first reason why submission is so hated is because submission cuts against the grain of our sinful nature. By nature, we do not want to be submitted nor to submit to anyone, and especially not to God. Rather, we desire to rule rather than to be ruled. Sin manifests itself in our lives by its unwillingness to submit to God's righteous will. In effect, this unsubmissive attitude proclaims we will not have Christ to rule over us. As long as man can simply remember Jesus as a helpless baby in a manger each year, he is not a threat to man's autonomy and to man's independence, but take Christ out of the manger and pronounce him to be the Lord of glory, Savior, ruler of the kings of the earth, and judge before whom every person will stand on that final day. And he becomes rather a rival to our own liberty and independence who must be destroyed even as Herod sought to destroy Christ, or as the Pharisees actually did destroy Christ. Dear ones, this natural inclination to rebel against lawful authority in our lives can only be subdued by the grace of God. If the holy God is not one before whom we can humbly submit in obedience as found in the Bible, we will never learn to submit to any lawful authority appointed by God over us. Recognizing this to be the case, we must each one, not just women, we must each one, Male and female come to Jesus Christ by faith alone and receive of the mercy and the grace to submit ourselves first to him. To him who, though being the everlasting God, submitted himself to the eternal decree of God the Father to become a man who suffered and died To purchase unworthy and undeserving sinners like you and me unto Himself. Dear ones, if anyone understood submission, it was our blessed Savior, Jesus Christ. Submission is not only hated, dear ones, because it is contrary to our sinful nature, but secondly, I submit to you because authority is so widely abused by those who have it. Husbands, when men abuse their authority in marriage by barking out orders as if they were drill sergeants and commanding their wives to submit, submit, submit by micromanaging their lives, in every detail of the home, by calling their wives names, by belitt- belittling them and demeaning them, or even worse, by physically abusing them, the word submission will soon become equivalent in meaning to worthless, slave, or second class citizen. And submission was never intended. Biblical submission was never intended to communicate any of those ideas. Gentlemen, if we want our wives to cherish the biblical concept of submission, just as our wives want us to cherish the biblical concept of love, then let us lead our wives in love. Let us cast our protective wing around them honor and appreciate them for all that they do and treat them as those who with us are made in the image of God and are heirs together in the grace of life. And our wives truly know that our authority is being used for their benefit and for their spiritual and physical well-being. Our wives will learn by God's grace to embrace submission rather than to despise it. Now We've already spent a couple of weeks revealing the role of the husband to be the head of the wife and his duty to his wife to be to love his wife as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. We have seen from God's word how we as men are called to be loving leaders in the home rather than bullies or cowards. This Lord's day, let us then consider together, first of all, the role of a wife, and second, the duty of a wife. The role of a wife, I submit to you, is made very clear to us in Genesis 2, verse 18. And the Lord God Said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an help and help meet for him. The word meet there is adequate, sufficient for him. I will make him in effect a helper who is sufficient for him. God created Eve to be a help that was meat for Adam. Eve was not created to be Adam's slave or his master or his rival, but to be his helper. There was no competition in Eve to struggle with Adam for leadership in the home when she was created by God. She was not created to be, as we said, the leader of her husband, but to be the helper to her husband. And she was endowed by God with all of the gifts to be a great helper. Dear ones, to be a helper is not the role of a lowly, worthless slave, for God uses the same Hebrew word to describe himself. God is our helper. God himself is our helper. And his role in coming to aid and to assist his people. For example, in Psalm 70, verse 5, We read, But I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer. O Lord, make no tearing. Likewise, in the psalm that was read, I'm sorry, in Psalm 124, Psalm 124, verse 8, it says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Men, I hope this doesn't come as a surprise to any of you. We need help. We need help. We are weak, we are frail, and needy creatures. As much as we may think that it is our wives that need all of the help, God says we needed help, and He gave us our wives to help us. Dear wives, Let not the enemy lead you to believe that your role as helper to your husband in the home is a meaningless and mindless role. For to you is given the high and holy calling of managing the home in his absence and raising children to the glory of Christ. There is not a higher or more noble calling for women in all of the earth than to be your husband's. Helper. The husband's role as head is not more important than your role as helper. I submit the role of husband and wife are equally important within the marriage. For one without the other is a sure formula for disaster. It's like asking which wing of an airplane is more important, the right wing or the left wing? Ladies, your divine calling in the home is a noble calling and one without which the marriage will suffer great damage. Although, dear wives, you are not called to lead your husband, you are nevertheless called to come alongside of your husband to help him, to encourage him, to lift him up, to give him your input on matters, that are important to the family, to pray for him, and to seek to make your home a haven of rest and peace, yea, even a picture, a foretaste of heaven to come. I dare say, when husbands see their wives as helpers, rather than as rivals who compete with them for the rule in the home, home will be a place where he delights to spend time. He won't be able to wait to get home. What husband in his right mind would look for reasons to stay away from a wife who so delights in her calling as his helper? Dear wives, rather than envying the role of leader that God has given to your husbands, which I submit to you, Envy being a violation of the 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet. Learn to be content and even appreciate the role God has given to you as his assistant. Is the role of an assistant to the president or to the prime minister an insignificant and menial role? Absolutely not. Nor is assistant to the leader within the home. Study to be the best helper a husband ever had. Don't be like Eve, to whom God gave every tree in the garden. But because he withheld one tree from her, she viewed God as unfair and unjust. She was not content with what God had graciously given her. She wanted it all. And like manner, or women, don't despise the calling of being the helper to your husband simply because you cannot be the head. Don't be like Eve in envying that which God has not given to you. By God's grace, find that place of service and joy in being your husband's helper. The second main point. The duty of a wife. Look with me again at Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. The duty of a wife in particular toward her husband is encapsulated in the word submit Paul here uses a word in the Greek language which means to place or arrange under which word was used in the military to refer to those who held subordinate ranks to their superior officers Let the Lord through the apostle Paul calls wise to recognize their proper role and place within the marriage as that of a subordinate officer to that of their husband as it relates to good order and lawful authority in the home. These are not my words. Don't throw tomatoes at me. These are the words of God. They are his inspired word. This is not a suggestion which God offers to wives for their consideration, but rather a command from the Lord to be obeyed. And one to be obeyed continuously as this command is in the present tense. Literally, wives continuously submit unto your husbands is the command God gives. Looking at the context will help us understand this word submission to some degree. The context of Ephesians chapter 5. This command to wives follows immediately after the words that we find in Ephesians 5.21. In Ephesians 5.21 it says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, what is the relationship between verse 21? Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. You recall that we mentioned in a previous sermon that Paul directs Christians in Ephesians 5.18 He gives this command, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, that particular word or command, be filled, is a continuous command. It's in the present tense be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. God calls us as Christians, whether male or female, to be continuously filled and controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit in all that we do. For example, in verses 19 through 21, chapter 5, Verses 19 through 21, we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit as we serve one another, whether male or female, within the church of Jesus Christ. The ways we, as male and female, are to serve one another in the church are listed there by means of five participles. That is words in the English text that end with I-N-G. For example... Verses 19 through 21, speaking, the first participle, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That applies to males and females. Singing, that applies to male male and female. And making melody, literally psalming in your heart to the Lord, applies to male and female. Fourth, giving thanks. Always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ applies to male and female. And five, and submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord applies to male and female within the church in some sense. Thus, verse 21 ends the list of ways that the church, both male and female, is to demonstrate the filling of the Holy Spirit. Mutually submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. When a sister in Christ comes to me as the pastor and brings to me the word of God, with a word of encouragement or even with a word of correction, do I say to her, I don't have to listen to you. You're a woman. Absolutely not. I am to submit to that sister who bears the word of God as much as I would submit to a brother who brings to me the word of God. Thus, the word of God tells us that that a spirit-filled church Will manifest a mutual submission one to another. Brothers, we won't look down on our sisters. Sisters, you won't look down on your brothers in Christ. Now, that is not to deny that God has still specifically appointed men to be the deacons, the elders. And ministers in the church, and that God has denied authority, official authority to rule in the church to women, as taught in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and in 1 Timothy chapter 3. However, it is to affirm that all of us must be ready and willing to submit to one another when the truth is brought to us, whether by a child or a senior citizen, whether by a minister or a member, whether by one who is rich or one who is poor, or whether by a woman or by a man. Thus, when we come to the specific duty of submission given to wives, as stated in Ephesians 5.22, let us not for a moment entertain the notion That the headship of the husband within the home means that the husband will never, ever need to submit to the counsel, advice, or correction of his wife. Just because his wife is specifically commanded to submit does not mean that he will not need to submit when she brings the word of God to him. The specific spirit-filled duty of the wife to her husband is stated in Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. A sincere and cheerful submission, dear ones, is the work of God's spirit in the life of a Christian wife. Here's one of the evidences, I would submit, of God's work of grace that Christian wives ought to look for in their own lives. Do you, dear Christian women, desire to cheerfully submit to your husbands? However, it is not sinless perfection that we expect in a wife's Submission to her husband, any more than it is sinless perfection that we expect in a husband's love for his wife. We all fail in these duties and fall short of God's holy standards. And that is precisely why we need the Lord Jesus Christ and his righteousness, Jesus Christ and his forgiveness, Jesus Christ and his power. Thus, as many times, dear wives, as you may fail to be the submissive wife you know you should be, flee to Christ. Confess your sin to Christ. Receive His mercy. And then go to your husband and seek His forgiveness. And then press on. Press on. In this sermon... I want to explain what biblical submission is not in the remaining minutes that I have. Next week, we'll consider further what biblical submission is. First, we're going to remove the various obstacles as to what biblical submission is. We're going to remove those obstacles. Then we're going to build a very firm foundation as to what it is, God willing, next Lord's Day. First of all, then, biblical submission is not servitude or slavery. The wife is distinguished from a servant or a slave in Ephesians 5, 6, Ephesians 6, verses 5 through 8. There it identifies what the duties of servants and slaves are to their master's. The wife is not put into that category. The wife is said by the Apostle Peter to be the weaker vessel, at least as is usually the case in her physical frame. I don't think that means that she's mentally weaker. But in most cases, God has constructed men and women in such a way that a man is generally of a stronger physical frame. But is that any reason to take advantage of her men? No. God says through the Apostle Peter to the contrary, because she's a weaker vessel, you're to honor her. You're to honor her. You are to treasure her as a special possession given to you by God. And God also says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, that she is called to be an heir to gather with you the grace of life. For that reason, husbands are warned by the Apostle Peter that if they do not honor their wives, that is, treat them as those who are their special treasure, their prayers will not be answered. Their prayers will not be answered. We wonder why our prayers are not answered, men. Perhaps this is in part what is going on in our unanswered prayers, that we are not treasuring our wives as we ought to treasure them. Men, God always takes up the righteous cause of the helpless, the weak, and the defenseless. And if we do not want uh, want to find ourselves in a battle with the Almighty God, we better love, provide for, protect, and honor our wives. Remember that God did not create Eve from Adam's foot to be a slave, but created her from his side to be his companion. A second thing that biblical submission is not biblical submission is not being a doormat in which a wife or anyone else must take whatever someone does to him or her or says to him or her and simply takes it and says nothing doesn't seek to defend oneself at all that's not biblical submission either Biblical submission, dear ones, upholds both the Sixth Commandment, which says that we have a duty not only to preserve the life and the person of others, but to preserve our own life and person, our own well-being. Biblical submission is absolutely consistent with the Ninth Commandment that we not only have a duty to preserve the good name of others but we have the duty to preserve our own good name as well biblical submission is not incongruent with the idea of lawful self-defense whether physically or verbally we have a right and a duty to do so Thirdly, biblical submission does not imply an inferiority as to nature, essence, or being. God created both man and woman in his own image, both of them in his own image, according to Genesis 1, verses 26-28. Submission on the part of a wife to her husband no more implies her essential Inferiority, then, does Christ's submission to his Father imply his essential inferiority to the Father? To infer inferiority of nature from biblical submission, dear ones, I submit to you, is to deny the Trinity. That there is one God eternally existing in three persons who are equal in power and glory. The Son perfectly obeys the will of the Father in all things, and yet the Son is not inferior to the Father as to nature or as to essence. God has bestowed upon the husband and wife different roles within the family, it is true, but they are equal in nature and status before the Lord. Fourthly, biblical submission is not the mindless act of a wife who cannot think for herself. Biblical submission does not imply stupidity or lack of intelligence in the least. Wives may in fact be superior to their husbands in knowledge and intellect or in gifts and graces. Again, I ask: Does the Son's submission to the Father imply His intellectual inferiority, inferiority as to essence, in nature? Such a thought is blasphemous. For just as the Father knows all, so does the Son know all, according to John sixteen thirty. Although Christ, Christ grew in knowledge and wisdom as He was a man, according to Luke two fifty two. He knew all things as he was God. He never grew in any aspect of knowledge as he was God. Biblical submission, dear ones, does not mean that women must leave their minds behind when they become married. Their input, their counsel and advice in various areas will prove to be An important, yea, I would submit an essential part to a good marriage. Because she is your helper, men. She is your assistant. And you need one. There's only the proud and arrogant man that cannot receive counsel from his wife. Remember God told Abraham that he should listen to the counsel of his wife Sarah to cast Hagar and Ishmael outside of the camp in Genesis 21? God rebuked Abraham for not listening at that point to his wife. You remember the example of Abigail, who due to her wisdom averted the wrath of David. as that wrath would have fallen upon her foolish husband, Nabal, in 1 Samuel 25. And we could go through a list of all of the godly women that are mentioned in the Bible and find great wisdom and knowledge on the part of these women. Fifthly, biblical submission is not an unqualified submission on the part of a wife to her husband. Paul does say in Ephesians 5, verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. But We need to understand what in everything means. But it does not mean, first of all, It does not mean an unqualified submission. If that were the case, then the husband could command his wife to sin. And she would be bound to sin. To submit in everything does not place the husband above God. Because we are to submit to God in everything, in an absolute sense. But any other authority under God, any authority delegated to anyone under God, is a qualified and limited authority and submission. Not an unqualified one. It may also be the case that when Paul says in Ephesians 5.24 that wives are to submit to their husbands in everything, it may also refer to simply in all areas, in all areas of life, but not necessarily to every single thing that the husband commands his wife to do. That unqualified submission, that idea, dear ones, would be a total abrogation of the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. It would be to make the husband her God. As we shall see in the next sermon, all submission, as we uh, look at the what submission is, all submission is qualified by statements such as, quote, in the fear of God, in Ephesians 5.21, quote, as unto the Lord, in Ephesians 5.22, and in the Lord, according to Colossians 3.18. We're going to look at those qualifications next Lord's Day. Jesus Christ, dear ones, must be preeminent in all biblical submission. Submission is always to be in only those things that are agreeable to God's word. A wife should humbly and respectfully explain why she cannot submit if something unlawful is expected of her. She should seek to explain as as respectfully as she possibly can. But her ultimate submission is not to her husband. Her ultimate submission is to God. As the apostles stated, we ought to obey God rather than men. Acts 5.29. I close today with a word to both husbands and wives. First 2, men. Men, when you become upset and frustrated by what you deem to be a lack of submission in your wife, remember that you have the same problem. You have the same problem. The word of God not only commands wives to practice submission but husbands to practice submission in various areas of, areas of his life as well. Whether to God supremely as stated in James 4 verse 7 or to a boss as we find in 1 Peter 2 18, or to those who are older the younger to submit to those who are older in 1 Peter 5:5 five, five. or to submit to the lawful elders in the church according to Hebrews 13:17 or to lawful civil mag- magistrates according to Romans 13:1 or even at times to women according to Ephesians 5:21 And so we can turn the question men very easily back upon ourselves and say, what kind of an example are we setting of submission? What kind of an example are we setting for our own wives and our own children by way of submission? We must confess that all unsubmissive attitudes, words and behavior are not simply sins against our neighbor, but are ultimately sins against the living God who has impressed us. His image upon those who rule on his behalf. Since lack of submission is a sin that manifests itself, therefore, in all of our lives, it is always important, men, to begin by taking the beam out of our own eye before we seek to remove the speck out of our wives' eye. Husbands, our humble submission to those who are in authority over us will set for them an example to follow. When we sit around and are ripping apart those in authority over us, men, what are we teaching our wives? When we rip apart the elders of the church, when we rip apart our boss, when we even direct comments to the Lord God himself, Are we not teaching our wives to do the same thing to us? Men, I believe a husband is not prepared to be the leader God has called him to be until he has first learned the principle of biblical submission himself. He who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. Let us not play the hypocrite expecting our wives to be submissive to us while all the time we will not submit to those in authority over us. Wives, this truth hopefully should encourage you. For you are not the only ones called by God to be submissive. God does not despise women and therefore call them to submit to their husbands any more than God despises children and therefore calls them to submit to their parents. Or despises you as members of the church and therefore calls you to submit to the elders of the church. It is a command that God gives you. We cannot belittle, we cannot uh, in any way countenance as appropriate behavior, a lack of submission on the part of wives to their husbands. Unless they have a reason, then it's not being unsubmissive, they're simply being submissive to God. If there is a valid, faithful, true reason why they cannot do what their husbands expect them to do. Then they're simply saying I must obey God rather than man." they don't have an unsubmissive attitude at that point that's not the issue but wives you must understand that that is the command of God to you but God doesn't expect any more of you than he does of your husbands with regard to submission either wives Those of you who are mothers, especially, if you want your children to submit to you, set an example before them by the way you submit to your husbands. You cannot expect children to submit to you if you are not showing them by your example how you submit to your husband. These are so important in our marriages and in our families, dear ones. Submission is not evil. Submission is good. Submission is simply the keeping of the fifth commandment in all areas of our life. Honor thy father and thy mother, and any other lawful authority in our life can be tacked onto that. Honor thy father and thy mother listen to the promise that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee there's the promise made to those who have the grace of submission working in their lives let us pray for that grace dear ones let us practice that grace in our lives Amen let us stand together in prayer
1: at this time